It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Boiler Up Down South. My name is Drew Schneider. I'm here with my buddy Garrett Sherman. Hello, hello. And this is the uh, post-Ohio State Massacre uh, podcast. Um, we had some technical difficulties with our preview, um, so you missed out on us saying that Ohio State was going to beat us ruthlessly. And that actually happened, so um, you just had to take our word for it that we were correct in that. Um and so anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about that game and maybe look a little bit forward with the program um, and give you all about 20 minutes of content. So um, we're going to go to break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back. Garrett, that was kind of what we were expecting. Yeah, I said the uh, 19.5 spread uh, was kind of a dream. 
I didn't want to think it was that big of a dream, but apparently it was. Um, it was um, it was rough goings, but uh, we'll get into it later. I did see some bright spots that I want to point out. So, yeah, not not the best day, but kind of what we all expected. Yeah, and you know, it felt more competitive than the final score because Purdue missed all those field goals. It wasn't like. It wasn't like Purdue wasn't getting into the scoring range or anything. Like, right. It wasn't like it was just nothing worked. I feel like things sort of all fell apart at the end, but they were able to at least, uh, you know, move the ball a little bit. Devin Mockaby had a nice game. Uh, Hudson Card struggled with his accuracy some. Um, you know, so we can talk about that a little bit. Um, but um, overall... Just, I think, the bottom line, Garrett, was just talent disparity. It's really even hard to take anything out of this game because just the overwhelming gap in overall ability. Yeah, I mean, on paper, you even look at it and you're like, oh, man, especially given the injuries that Purdue was facing to some pretty key guys, you're like, oh, everybody on Ohio State's roster is... If they, if they weren't a former five-star receiver somehow playing left tackle or something at this point, uh, they were a transfer from a school where they balled out where they were a four-star. Like, it, 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 it just, even again, even on paper, it didn't look like it was going to come out in our favor, and we were saying uh, in something that never got released that, like, the only way Purdue really has a shot in this game is if Ohio State sleeps on a noon game and just shoots himself in the foot a million times and that didn't happen so twice they shot themselves in the foot twice that's true that's true purdue had zero turnovers that's right we and won Ohio the state had two turnovers won the turnover battle two to nothing so that's uh you know a very very small consolation prize yeah and i mean ohio state's secondary is always super great too they're just feeding guys into the league whether they be first round picks or undrafted free agents um and for Hudson Card to throw kind of inaccurately, yeah, I get it. But he didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any picks. He was 13 for 32 uh, for only 126 yards, but he did not throw a single interception, um, even with their kind of like swarming uh, ser- uh, the group of cornerbacks and safeties. Yeah. So, like I said, accuracy, not great from Hudson Card. Um, it's tough to be accurate against Ohio State. I thought the offensive line held up a little better than I expected. Especially against Ohio State. Especially yeah. against Ohio State, only three sacks. Um, that was both of their, uh, you know, former top ten in the nation, five-star defensive ends. Uh, I think both had one-and-a-half sacks. But um, uh, I thought... They uh, they did better than I anticipated in keeping Hudson Card upright long enough to get rid of the ball. Um, I do think he was rushed a lot and getting the ball out maybe a little quicker than uh, normal, um, which could have led to some of those issues uh, in accuracy. Um, like I said, the running game looked pretty good, though. Uh, what were your thoughts on Maccabee's performance? Yeah, I mean, dude, 110 yards, especially when you knew you were going to have uh, Tyrone Tracy out and you knew you were going to be kind of thrust into being the spotlight. Um, you know, 18 carries, 110 yards. That's a six yard, 6.1, uh, 6.1 yard average per carry. 
Um, didn't have a touchdown, but it was just that kind of day. Yeah, he was like an inch away from a touchdown right there at the end of the, uh, it was the end of the second quarter where Purdue got down to the, Mockaby got down to the one inch line and then we ended up missing a field goal from like the 20. One of three field goals missed, yeah. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, that, I mean, he was super close to putting that thing in the end zone. Oh, and in my preview, I said that Purdue needed to put the ball in the end zone, not the one-yard line, the one-foot line, the one-inch line. Didn't take my advice. Uh, man. Um, still having trouble in that short-yard situation uh, where you just got to kind of move people off the ball. But anyways, yeah, Mockaby looked good and zero fumbles. Zero fumbles. Yeah, that's where I was going to go, too. It was like, okay, dude, you had a 6.1 yards per carry, and you held on to the ball. Um I mean, Purdue really didn't shoot themselves in the foot too much this game. Uh, they really just missed some kicks against a superior team. You can't really scratch your head at that. You can't really sit here and say, like, oh, if we had only done this right. I don't think Purdue was ever going to win that game. Yeah. Um, no. And, you know, if, if it were that sort of scoreline, 41-7, to and, like, year three of Ryan Walters, I think people would be a little concerned, but this is his first year, uh, both as a head coach and with a whole new set of personnel. Um, he's going to eventually start getting his own recruits in. I don't expect too many 41-7 to defeats after year two. Uh, hopefully no more 41-7 to defeats at all. Um, but again, I think, I think I'm getting better just in life and in football of being an optimist and there were some there were some cool things to pull away from this game especially for an injury riddled team who's kind of coming into its own and has to face uh one of the playoff favorites so yeah no i saw i the defense i feel like the score doesn't do justice to the defense who i thought played fairly well uh for the most part um Yanni Karloftis uh, had a big game. I think he led the He's team. He's playing great, man. Yeah, I think he led the team in he tackles. He recovered one of those fumbles. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, something to look forward to, optimistic. Uh, he's uh, only a sophomore. Um, so, you know, he's a guy with another couple years ahead of him. And uh, he's looking uh, real good in that sort of middle linebacker role. Uh, he's fast enough to uh, get where he needs to go. And... Um, He's a pretty solid tackler, physical kid, um, and so um, I think that's uh, some good news for the future. Uh, maybe we can have that uh, middle linebacker spot uh, locked up for a couple years. Um, that would go a long way for a building block. Um, and then, of course, uh, Thiemann in the back, right? Um, free safety. He's one of the one of the newest Thiemann brothers. Hopefully there are some more down the pipeline. I know there aren't. He's the youngest. Um, but, man, he's... Uh, He's, he's playing pretty darn well uh, as well. Darn well as well. Right, and you know, you look at it, he's not that big of a kid. Like six feet, you know, maybe 200 pounds. No, like he's he, just got that vision. Like that. He's, he's, he's got that dog in him, as, <laughs> yeah. the, as the kids say. He's a good tackler uh, when, he, when he breaks down. Now, he will occasionally try to just wing an arm at somebody and then get broken off. But, um, you know, for the most part, he's uh, when he breaks down and has good fundamentals, uh, he gets guys on the ground uh, in a hurry. And, you know, good speed in the back. So, again, maybe Purdue, and he's just a true freshman, so maybe Purdue has that middle linebacker spot uh, locked up, maybe that free safety spot. 
uh, looking uh, solidified moving forward. Um, you know, that's uh, all things you can build on. Well, and I mean, especially when you have kind of like your centerpieces, um, from a recruiting perspective, that makes it a lot more, you know, I've worked in a collegiate athletic department. I kind of know how the recruiting works. I've, I've been a recruiting intern. Um, when you have your centerpieces and you know what to build around, you know which kids to prioritize in the recruiting cycle, whether that be the kids who want to commit in December or the kids who want to commit in the spring, um, I think, or I guess that's still winter if it's, if signing day is still February, first week of February, uh, I digress. But, you know, I, I think this team is figuring out where its strengths are, and I think that was going to be the goal for the entire season to begin with. And especially because they're running into some younger players who are showing out, um, you know who you can build around and you know what sort of scheming <clears throat> is going to be successful in the future versus uh, what you've done so far in areas where you have weak spots that have you know, not played to your advantage. Um, I, I, I think Walters is going to be good enough to get younger kids excited again. I think he's the youngest coach in, in the Big Ten, right? Uh, yes, I believe I believe so. And yeah. that always pays dividends, especially when uh, you're a defensive-minded uh, head coach. And, and I don't see Purdue struggling defensively next year, uh, certainly not in year three of Ryan Walters. I think – what do you think? Ryan Walters got at least like three years guaranteed? Here's what I think. I think that Ryan Walters just needs to start challenging the opposing coach in arm wrestling contest before the game to decide the winner and loser – um, for the rest of the season, because the man has some guns. Uh, yeah, new rule in college football overtime. If you have to go into overtime against Purdue, it's it's not a start at the twenty five and see who scores situation. It's uh, you have to try challenge Ryan Walters to a uh, arm wrestling competition. Right. Um, yeah, three years guaranteed, man. He's he's gonna need. Uh, I mean, you just. You don't know what you got until you get three years in, especially with a coach like that. Um, and his recruiting looks great, man. He just picked up a four-star uh, tight end uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Galloway, I think is his name. And, uh, you know, that's somebody he's been after um, for a while. And he uh, looked around, and uh, I thought it was going to go a different way. But um, he came back around to Purdue. So the... Uh, you know, coaching staff still closing on some pretty elite uh, recruits um, without having really the wins to sell. Um, although I think uh, this coming up week, uh, which we'll get into uh, more on Friday, this coming up week against Nebraska sort of is a whole different scenario. So I think we're going from a game like Ohio State where the talent disparity is just so big, it doesn't really matter uh, what Purdue does, to a game where Purdue... Um, while maybe a little, at full strength is probably on equal terms or you know slightly behind Nebraska talent-wise. Um, but this is a game Purdue should not just come out and want to try to keep it close. I think Purdue has a legitimate shot to win this one. Um, but uh, they just got to flush that Ohio State game. Um, and hopefully uh, some of the injured players... Uh, are able to return with the offensive line Garrett that's looking pretty beat right now huh yeah um, I don't know how much you can really do with a uh, 
mobile quarterback. Like, okay, Hudson Card's capable of, of being... Like, if he were forced to be a strictly pocket passer, he could be. Um, we've seen some of his deep balls. We've seen some of his good reads. Uh, but without an offensive line, not to sound like too stereotypical football coach, but this is a game that's won between the trenches. And what are you, what are you going to do offensively if your offensive line is kind of just lagging behind your skill position groups? I mean, I saw, I saw Georgia do that uh, a lot when I was a kid where we had five-star receivers, two five-star running backs, but a bunch of three-star offensive linemen. And that can only get you so far if you get... Sure, always get the ball into the hands of the most talented players you have. But if your offensive line is enough to snuff, you know, you're not you're not going to go insanely far. As I just want everybody to know that Garrett put a big old, like, chaw red man in right before he started talking about offensive line. So that's... Yeah, that's what he's. That's what he lives for. Dude, when I, I I weigh, I hover around like two hundred pounds now. But when I was when I was six six two seventy five, I looked like I could have been the world's worst walk on. Oh, world's worst walk on right tackle. Give it to me, right now. You know what? I I think I think he would be an, an excellent tackling dummy. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, Nebraska. Um, like I said, I feel like this is a, a winnable game. We I haven't looked too much into what the Huskers are bringing to the table under uh, with Matt Rule um, yet. Um, I'll be over the next couple days. But um, what's your thought, just briefly, on that Nebraska game, Garrett? I mean, it's it's in Lincoln, correct? So yeah, yeah. Um, that that makes it a tad more difficult. Although you know, Nebraska is not the Nebraska that we all remember from our childhoods. So do they still um, have their fraudulent? Uh, sell out street going because they were, they were cooking those books probably they just <laughs> they just put husks of corn in the uh, in the stands and say those count as people that's true uh, crows are also people <laughs> but um i don't know man uh nebraska i mean obviously they've kind of been on the rebuild you can't even call it a rebuild at this point at these many years on but they've been on a rebuild on a rebuild on a rebuild so you know i i don't this isn't a game you can just immediately chalk up as a win or a loss. I think it's going to be one of those kind of like one possession games or something. And we'll preview this more next week. But I don't, I don't see this being a game that's going to go heavy one way or another. I think the only challenge for Purdue is who comes back off the injured list, and um, you know if they can adapt to a road environment again after just getting the crap beat out of them at home. I have just one, two words, and it's Hudson Card. It really just depends on how on how he's playing. Like, I if Purdue's gonna beat Nebraska, he's gotta be better than what he's shown. I still think he is. He doesn't look right. Like he doesn't. I don't. There's something about like his his throwing style and his sort of hesitancy to run. I just feel like and. He doesn't look quite healthy. I know he kind of got beat up. I know he's having maybe some neck and back uh, issues. Um, and so I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt still. Uh, and uh, he has taken a lot of hits. We did see Bennett Meredith uh, for a couple plays against uh, Ohio State there at the end. Yeah, I think he threw two passes. He was one for two. 
Yeah, so, you know, he is officially, uh, you know, at least we know he's capable of throwing the ball forward. So that's the first step. Uh, we have identified the backup quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, if Card continues to struggle, you might see more uh, of Meredith, uh, especially if it's an injury issue uh, with Card and not just uh, him uh, having some trouble uh adapting to the speed of the big 10 <laughs> we'll see and that's kind of what i was thinking too is like he, he hey, let me let me do my southern accent for this one that boy don't quite look right he don't, he don't quite look he right don't quite look right um it, it's it's nothing because like we've seen hudson card like throw really pretty deep balls and we've seen him throw like really good he's he's kind of good at throwing just about every route when he's got a little bit of time and he hasn't been hit a thousand times um so like yeah hudson card really doesn't look right uh and i'm not saying that's to any faults of his own i think he's just been kind of rocked a few times um but yeah man if he if he plays well and if he's got like a decent amount of time to at least extend a play and find somebody like a Dion Burks or uh, who is uh, Mershon um what's his last Mershon name? Rice yeah like Mershon he, Rice he, sh- he showed up that was awesome. I I have no idea what happened to that dude because like I thought he was all right last year, and then like I assumed he would be on the death chart, but we really haven't seen him yet until you know he showed up yeah, and showed uh, up. had a nice little uh, catch and run after catch. So uh, maybe Mershon's going to have a uh, reemergence here in the second half of the season. He is a bigger uh, receiver on the outside. Which is what Purdue kind of needs. Which is. It would be and by kind of, I mean very much, very yeah. much needs. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe Rice gets uh, gets something uh, cooking there. That'd be kind of a cool little uh, takeaway from an otherwise uh, horrific Ohio State game. Um, Alright, so anyways, I don't think we'll uh, keep the uh, good folks much longer. Um, any final words here, Mr. Shearman? No, I think uh, I think we basically covered it with just the talent disparity was never going to be overcome. Uh, I think the nineteen point five spread was kind of funny to begin with. Uh, that's really all I got. Well, all I have is I don't care how bad they beat us. I still hate Ohio State. Oh, me too. Just, oh, me too. Just miserable, miserable people. Um, I hope I hope fellow Purdue fans enjoyed my alma mater uh, stealing victory away from them uh, on December thirty first oh, of last year. That was sweet. That was so sweet. I don't think I hate a team more than I hate Ohio State. Honestly, of all of my out of conference teams, because of course I am a Georgia fan mm-hmm. first and foremost. Of all of my out of conference teams from the SEC perspective, there is nobody I hate more than Ohio State. Yeah, and that has been the case since I was like seven years old yeah and like again for i i you know went to clemson and like they're the word like we don't even play in the same conference and we play each other like every like you know two three years and they are oh i hate them so anyways uh hopefully in the next year or two maybe uh ryan walters uh keep stocking up on these four-star players and uh, the talent disparity is not so bad and we can beat them because I hate them. Yeah, we'll prove who the better Ryan is in a few years. That's right. We have the superior Ryan. Or at least ours is. At least ours doesn't use hair dye. And is gunned up. Look at those arms, man. Whoo, buddy. All right. Um, so, anyways, we'll see y'all a little later in the week.
Take it easy. I'll come back now. <laughs>